So it was a disturbingly quiet morning until about 20 minutes ago when uh, Lowe's decides to drop some guidance on us and Nucor decides to drop some guidance and Eli Lilly decides to drop some guidance on us for no reason. I'm sure they have their reasons. But anyway, good morning, Joel. Good morning, Dennis. Uh, how are you guys doing today? I'm excited. It's Fed Day. Yeah, it is a Fed day, and boy, I tell you, everyone and their brothers talking about it. Let's run down the futures real quick. We're we're basically up a couple ticks at twenty eight seventy five. We're just about equal distance from the high and low. Pre market uh, high thirty eight and a quarter. Nothing up there for you. Pre market low forty six twenty fifty. Nothing there for you either. Uh, crude down ninety five cents at sixty nine seventy eight. Now under that psychological seventy dollar level, that that's good for inflation, right? Inflation going down. Uh, gold just clinging to the seventeen sixty area, down two twenty at seventeen seventy ten. Silver loses twenty two, down a dime at twenty one eighty two. Uh, Bitcoin in a consolidation down 265 at 47,605. And Ethereum going the same way, down 22 bucks at 3809. So, not a lot of uh, uh, big movements here in the futures markets as we all wait for the big, big Fed announcement. Uh, Triple D, what, what are you, how are you feeling about the spy here? I know, I know it's an, a worthless indicator, but did you, worthless do you have a. Because I, I have a number. I have a number in the SPY, and right, I have a number that corresponds in the SPOOs. Yep. It's not a daily high or low, but it's just a, it's a number, a nice round number. I think if we hold today in the next couple of days, I think we're going to be in pretty good shape. And I'll go easy on What's you. What do number? you think that number is? I think it's yesterday's low. I think it's 460.25. Yeah. That's yep. a quarter. That's kind of the 50% retracement of the recent move as well. It's a nice coinciding. So you go the 450 up to the 470 and back down to the 460. So, you know, you're trading in the waves, the 50%. We know we don't use a lot of fibs, but I love the 50%. Yep. The only fib I use. I already said this. Four pages in my technical analysis book. The first page is support. The second page is resistance. The third page is trends. And the fourth page is the 50% retracement. And there is no fifth page. That's the end of my technical analysis. I teach it in, I just taught to you in less than 30 seconds. Now you have your TA degree. That's all I need to know. Support, resistance, yeah, yeah. trends, CMT and 50%. Joel's D. got a few extra things, but there is not a lot more. Joel, use simple technical analysis too. No, you don't get into then... crossovers and death crosses and golden crosses and any other crosses out there. Support, resistance, trends, and 50%. What about the Ichimoku cloud? <laughs> I don't even know what that is, and I don't care to know what it is. It's like a, it's a chart, and there's just like a cloud above it. We yeah. had a guy on point figure. I think, figure. He, I think he was from Kentucky. Did we have a guy on from Kentucky uh, that uh, talked about that? It might have been pre Spencer. It might have been pre Spencer. But uh, anyways, I hope he's doing okay if he's from Kentucky. I saw the footage. Oh, that's right. Holy yeah. So. And just as far as a closing basis goes, you know, we had a, we all oh, we were a little worried uh, last week, and we closed, and uh, you know, had a couple closes in the forty five um, forty five hundred handle. Uh, you know, the the six through ten lowest closes are in uh, that area, and then there's you know, then there's a high closes right near forty seven hundred, with the highest of the high closes coming on Friday at forty seven oh three fifty. So. Get some closes down here, form support down here. Then you know I'll put on the Super Bowl hat for forty eight hundred by the end of the year. But oh, I like uh, the Super Bowl hat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all you guys are jumping off the boat. Oh, we're so afraid of the Fed and we're interest rates and uh, I'm a, the market I'm a, goes I'm afraid. up six to eight months after the first interest rate cut. That's what Ryan Dietrich said. So. I'm going with Ryan and his Ryan stats. does know his stats. We'll give him yes, that. Yes, he does. I don't know. I I, I've been up. raising cash, a little bit concerned, but again, I'm still sitting with a lot of a lot of stock. I haven't sold any of my big guns, so I, I don't know. I'm very torn. It's a tricky market, man. This is a very, very tricky market, so I'm torn. That's all I can say. Torn. All right, let's torn, get to the, the torn, guidance torn. cut parade, huh? There's a lot of guidance. No, it's not today. a cut parade. Um, I think well, it no, okay, it's, it's not. It's not. But let's start with Lowe's here. And, and I just want to point out, actually, and uh, let me share my screen for a second here. Um, with regards to Lowe's, 
This is a company that has raised guidance like three times this year. I, I, this is a lot. I, I'm going to zoom in. I'm aware it's hard to see. Um, but all I did was I went to newsfeed and I filtered it by just guidance, which you can do. And I got every guidance headline related to Lowe's. So we obviously have one this morning, right? Uh, this is Lowe's. Uh, they see uh, fiscal year 21 sales around $95 billion. Uh, they see fiscal year 22 EPS in the uh, you know, $12 range, a high of 13 bucks a share. That's above the estimate. They see sales guidance for next year in the 94 to $97 billion range, which is basically in line. But I was like, wait a minute, how does that $95 billion from the, for the fiscal year 21 for right now, how does that compare to, to prior? Well, it's in line. That's what they said uh, their guidance for this year was going to be during their last report a month ago. Um, they also previously raised their guidance. If you scroll down, they raised it in August. And, and I didn't go far enough, but I'm pretty sure they also raised it in like February. So Lowe's has raised guidance for this year several times already. Uh, and what they did this morning is they, they just reaffirmed the prior raise. They're, they're, like, they're like, yep, we're still going to see around $95 billion in revenue for this year. And for the first time, they actually gave some numbers for next year. Um, they did at the same time uh, boost their buyback by uh, $20 billion. Yeah. And... Uh, I'm sorry. They yes, they that's what that's what they said. Um, and they see uh, comps declining next year, year over year sales declining, either in the down three percent to flat range. So best case scenario, year over year flat on the comps front. Anyway, back one second. Uh, the, the the chat is uh, not the chat. The chart is more important because we were watching this as as it hit, and my first reaction was okay. The number is not that bad. They reaffirmed their guidance that they'd already given, and for the and we got some color on next year, and it was more or less in line. Maybe you could argue a smidge on the light side, depending on which estimate you want to use. Regardless, again, I will repeat, Lowe's has raised guidance twice this year. They've had an incredible year. Um, that being said, the stock reacted in uh, a, a bad way off this headline. I was sort of scratching my head. Uh, it's obviously been a great year. I guess the implication, Joel, is like, oh, it's not going to be next year. It's not going to be as good. Maybe that's what I mean. That's kind of what they said. But even so, I mean, this almost seems like splitting hairs to me. You said a lot there. Yes. Uh, but I mean, you did have you did have some bad news from the company, right? I wouldn't even so. call it bad news. I would, I would call it not not amazing news. It's 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 like not amazing, but it doesn't make it bad. I don't know. It doesn't well, seem that bad to me. The street is looking at it as bad news. I don't know what the expectations were. Uh, full disclosure, I think I'm long this thing from like 40 bucks going back five or six years. So I'm not selling it on this news. Uh, shorter term perspective, 238. You got, a, you got a nice bounce off 238 and you hit 244. So that's just like the early digestion. Uh, I'm going to give just for today, I'm going to give two third, the pre-market low. I'm going to give 237 to 238 as possible support uh, because 37.15 fills a gap. And this is going back quite some time. So usually on the gap fill the first time you catch it. Above 244, I mean, this thing can go absolutely anywhere. I think I, pe- a lot of people, now 250 is going to be your major resistance uh, because that was your low yesterday, right around a, uh, you know, a round number. Uh, but the company gave you bad news. So, you know, maybe cover short on this, uh, but company gives you bad news. I don't, I don't see why, you know, you need to rush out and initiate a long position in it. I know. It just seems like, like, like how low did we got? We got to like 237, 238, whatever. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it just seems like an overreaction to me. And it, and if you actually you want to have some fun, Joel, uh, look at Home Depot. I, I know you saw this already, but actually Lowe's, Home Depot, um, uh, a, a lot of these names got hit. A lot of names related to Lowe's uh, got hit. Uh, you know, Lumber Liquidators is, is, is offered down here. Uh, they all got hit on this headline, and it doesn't even seem to me that bad of a headline. Yes, it's... It, they didn't say that next year is going to be the best year of their lives, but they're coming off an amazing year. What more do you want? I don't know. I guess it's to me, I was watching it go down and I kind of thought, okay, the company's already raised guidance twice in the same year. Um, 
are you not entertained? You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, Lowe's now or Home Depot, boy, that 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 for you guys that don't know, uh I had a double or nothing with Spencer on uh on when it was at four ten, uh and it was four hundred versus four twenty, and it got down to double O twenty two and Spencer uh was ready that concede, but Triple D said no, it didn't hit four hundred. And then it got some bogus upgrade. I don't know what bozo. Who's the bozo that upgraded it on this day? And it popped a 420.61. Who was that guy that cost me some money? Hit 420.61, and now you're back under 400. That's a tough loss. Who was that bozo? There was a couple. Oh, no, there wasn't. It was, uh, was was it Oppenheimer? No, that was... Oh yeah, it was Oppenheimer. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. never listen to them. Uh, well, you're hanging out near the pre-market low, so it, it looks like maybe this one. This is getting less of a bounce than Home Depot did. Uh, you got a one only one daily low at three ninety eighty one. You're a buck away from that, but after that, it really opens up to three eighty, and then you gap got a gap fill. So uh, specific to lows, uh, I this. Under 390, this thing really opens up, but uh, down 1020, pre-market low, kind of coinciding with the daily low. I'm kind of mixed on this. I kind of think the, you know, the home builders, I don't know. I still think one segment, I know inflation is bad and things are more expensive, but, and I know rates are going up and that's not good for housing. I just kind of think that, uh, you know, just the pure supply and demand, you know, for, for houses is you know, there's much more demand and supply. I think right. people are still fixing up their old houses. I mean, this doesn't make me turn bearish uh, on, you know, on the housing sector or Home Depot and Lowe's. You Heck know, no. it doesn't. One little one little guidance, uh, you know, or one little adjustment from uh, Lowe's, I don't think is turning the whole market. Yeah, and for all we know, Joel, they're being conservative, and they're going to come out in three months and say, oh, we're raising, you know? I <laughs> mean. Yeah, they probably got a little bit ahead of themselves. And just uh, at uh, nine, what a great day to have uh, Jay McCandless on uh, on Wednesday. Wednesdays with Wedbush. He's going to be joining me on pre market pre market prep plus. He covers the home builders. Had a talk with him on Monday, and he had some very interesting things to say. So, uh, good day to have him on. But uh, there's your Home Depot. There's your your Lowe's. I know Dennis was looking like at the XHB. Is that? Because that is a component of it. That's trading lower, I assume. Uh, it, they, yeah, they, yeah, they, they, all, they all got hit on this. They all got hit on this. So, what are some of the other HOV? Isn't that a Hovanian? Isn't that a home builder too? Is oh, dude, I used to own that. Did you know that? I used to own that stock. Mm. My my dad bought that for me a long time ago, and I when did you sell it? Heck yeah, I sold it. <laughs> This thing's had like four reverse splits. Oh, that, oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't think it was that great a performer. Who who falls into the um, Home Depot Lowe's land? Anybody um, else? Not really. Lumber liquidators could be may, maybe like a tractor supply, but I would look at like the XHB. I would look at you know the ETFs like that, but there aren't really aren't that many. Um. I was just surprised to see Lowe's get hit like that uh, on one. But anyway, uh, we have other guidance this morning, Joel. And to those asking where Dennis is, Dennis will be back. He did warn us that he's uh, his kids are doing what kids do, which is yell and scream. So he'll be back when that gets under control. Uh, but we we had, in addition to the Lowe's number this morning, we also had guidance from Nucor. If you want to uh, pivot to steel here, Nucor gave uh, more specific, more short-term guidance for this current quarter, uh, their earnings per share. They guided in the $7.65 to $7.75 range. That is below where the estimate was at $7.95. So NUE should be trading down on this, and I, I hadn't looked at it, uh, and it is. So that makes more sense to me. Uh, down 412, 114.30. I think these companies are just pumping the brakes a little bit. You know, the, the, you know, the fill their stock price, got a little bit ahead of themselves, high expectations. You know, if you, you know, if there's a time to, you know, take the bloom off the flower, you know, it's when your stocks are trading at all time highs and, 
there it is down uh, down 412 uh, only 11,000 shares have traded if I had to pick out look for a number on this one I see uh, a pair of lows around the 210 area and then uh, interestingly you're not that far from the bottom of yesterday's range so if you you know want to short at the uh, Old support, new resistance. You may get a look at that at 1460, uh, 1842. That might have been pretty close to your old time closing highs. So that's a look. Nope, it's actually 1938. But uh, short term resistance, if we get above 11460, things open up until the close. They may shrug this one off. Dennis, do you have, do you have thoughts on Lowe's slash Home Depot in, in that, that trade? Yeah, I mean, again, you guys were getting it right. Sorry, I had to just get leave for a second. It's, uh, you know, it's expectations. So, I mean, the world is expected of these companies because we know, like we've been talking about that, you know, they've been on, these stocks been on a hell of a run. Everybody's doing stuff on their homes. Expectations are ridiculously high for Lowe's and Home Depot. So when they come out and the guidance is kind of in line, it's not good enough. So we can say, oh, it wasn't a guidance cut. It was almost like on the earnings side, you could say a guidance raise, but it really wasn't on the sales. So that's why they're like, okay, people all of a sudden are looking, is this as good as it gets? You know, the, right away, the market thinks, is this as good as it gets? So maybe it was an overshoot when they knocked it down to 238, which was down 14 bucks. It's kind of found its home in the middle here. Let's let the dust settle on this and we'll see because expectations super high. These stocks have been on incredible runs. Lots of capital hiding in these stocks saying this is the best place to be. So I think when you see a guidance in line, it's simply not good enough. All right. Fair enough. And then Nucor, we also just covered. you have thoughts there? Yeah, I own Nucor in the long-term portfolio. Had it forever, not selling it. I mean, I didn't see the actual guidance. So, um, uh, well, it was, it, was it, was weak. it was weak, yeah. Yeah. So, obviously, you're going to see your steelmakers down and sympathy. X is down a little bit. Cleveland Cliffs down a little bit. Full disclosure, I do have Cleveland Cliffs as well. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm sticking with it. But, you know, again, expectations are high for these companies. So when they do lower guidance, it's an issue. Do I think there's going to be buyers below a new core? Yeah, I think somewhere. But I don't know if I'm necessarily buying the dip right after they cut guidance. And then the third one we had this morning was Eli Lilly, L-L-Y. They, uh, they raised their guidance this morning. And they said, yeah, we're going to uh, we're gonna have an EPS uh, for next year. Uh, in the $8.15 to $8.20 range versus an estimate in the $7 range. So they came in a dollar above where the estimate was for their EPS for uh, for this year. And uh, Eli Lee is trading higher off that. Every drug stock seems to pop eventually on these one-offs, eventually starts to leak. It's a big move for Lily. I wouldn't chase up 12 bucks. Great company. Um, long-term, you're probably fine with it. Short-term, I don't buy rips. Uh, coming up in a real two interesting areas. I can't buy it up here. I mean, obviously, two sixty looks like very mild support here, basis the fifteen minute chart. But what traders should be paying attention to are two levels on the upside. Uh, first of all, your pre market high comes in at two sixty three, even right on the kisser. Uh, to me, that's pretty darn close to uh, the sixty two thirty two high. Still, uh, so that will it's still in play. We haven't. Oh, no, is it 60? Really got to 63, huh? All right, so 62.36. If that's not enough for you Eli Lilly Bulls and it gets up around 265, you know, put a little alert on there. Uh, two consecutive highs, 64.94 and 65.88. I would just, I usually split those numbers, but since this is running up here so fast, I would just say, hey, 265. If I get if you know if I was long and I got lifted there, I don't think I'd have any problem seeing it go a little bit higher. So two two potential resistance levels in Eli Lilly. What's interesting is it's been a pretty brutal year for, and I don't know if Eli Lilly counts as biotech, but it's been a pretty brutal year for biotech. Like if you look at the IBB, right. Pretty tough year. And we we talked about this two days ago. It's yeah. been terrible. I mean, I think some of these biotech stocks are probably buys in here. I mean, you're looking, you know, at trying to get opportunities. The XBI is down from 174 to 108. I mean, if you're just blindly buying the XBI here and sticking your long-term portfolio, you're going to be happy five years from now? I think so. Um, I, I think you got huge support at 100 bucks too. Just, But obviously, you know, it's, it's what's, in, what's in it. But there's just so many, you know, you think about aging population, think about what we went through with the pandemic. 
I mean, I think there's lots of opportunities in all the biotech stocks here. Actually, yeah, Eli Lilly is not in the IBB, so I guess he doesn't. I actually, I don't, I don't even know the difference. I gotta be honest. Well, he's not in the IBB, eh? I, I don't. Well, know, I guess it's not biotech. I don't know the difference between. I biotech. know biotech pharma. What is? Can someone explain to me what is the difference between biotech and pharma? Seriously, I'm not being. I don't know. Technology. What? 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 what <laughs> I actually don't know really either, to be mean? honest with you. The fundamental difference. I've <laughs> traded those things for twenty years. I've I I never asked myself that question really. Why is a biotech stock a biotech stock, and why is a pharma stock a pharma stock? They both sell drugs. So you know, it's a it's a it's a good question. I don't know either. Anyway, That's a good question. All right, did we get any more guidance this morning? Uh, I don't think so. I think we just those three. Um, yes, I, I know examples of biotechs. I'm yeah, asking, we get that. Yeah, <laughs> we, get, I, we get that. That Lily is not a biotech. We I think we just clearly said I, that. I, I think I think we would have meant now. Anyway, okay. I know there's got there's got to be something there. We got to have someone in our our chat that's uh, up to wait, that. Wait, RFCC says you're a biotech until you actually make something. <laughs> so maybe until you're actually selling drugs. Until you're actually- so you're just like trying to sell drugs. I don't know. Uh, Medtronic. What's Medtronic's news? It's getting hit too. Uh, really? Wait, Roblox. We got guidance everywhere here. This oh, is guidance. No, no, no. Get bed day. It's no, guidance. No, no, day. no. Medtronic isn't guidance. Medtronic had gotten an FDA a warning letter from the FDA no. for their diabetes business. Uh, uh, it's never good. It related to re, uh, recalls that they had in July of this year. Yeah. Um, for their, uh, I'm sure Joel knows about this for, uh, for their, uh, uh, whatever the Mini Med 600. Uh, whatever, and so MDT. That's why they're down because okay. because they got a warning letter. It's not not guidance. They got something from the FDA. Okay, well, Roblox is guidance, and that actually is trading oh uh, down on their guidance. Okay. List. So let's talk Roblox. This actually shouldn't have been a total surprise. I did see yesterday that uh, video game sales, uh, as a as a as an industry, were down month over month for the first time in. Uh, six months, I think, is what I saw. It was anyway. Roblox, yeah, this this just came out a few moments ago. I totally missed it because we were live. Uh, they reported uh, their daily active users uh, for November uh, up thirty five percent year over year. Um, that seems good, but I don't know what the prior rate was. They guided sales for November. Um, what? They, they, they guided uh, sales in the. $185 million range, which is up 85% year over year as well. Uh, they guided net bookings up 22 to 24% year over year. I don't know what these compare to. So, yeah, uh, yeah I'm I, like in a vacuum. I don't know if that's good or bad. I mean, I can tell you by the reaction that it's bad, but I, I, I wouldn't have known that without looking at the chart. What's with all the random guy? I guess everybody wants to get their guidance out of the way before we start getting into the holiday season. So Roblox down five bucks here now, making new lows on the move. I would let it digest because you don't know how the market's going to interpret this. This just crossed seven minutes ago. It's very soon. You would think psychological one hundred dollars, um, but <laughs> again, we're we're in early digestion here, so anything can happen. Uh, they're hitting it from 140 and all of a sudden you're back looking at a hundred, uh, very important level, uh, to hold here. And it's not at 100. Uh, there's a pair of lows that is, uh, protecting the gap. And that is at, uh, Ooh, that's way down at 93. Woo. Doggy. Next daily low comes in at 96.85, and then you dropped to 93 and then below 93, you got a big old gap. I mean, we've seen what happens to these stocks. We've seen what's happened to these charts when these things have these big moves up and then they reverse. So absolutely not stepping in front of this one. I'd maybe get a bit out at 80 bucks if you want to be if you look at this long term. Wondering if um, the rest of the sector is moving off that. Uh, ATVI is smidgen. I don't know. What other uh, what are the Roblox peers? I ah, uh, there it's Sims. Tough. No, but <laughs> I wouldn't say yeah. there isn't a lot of direct. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they don't. Oh, they don't have one. Yeah, I've never traded like you could like the video game makers, but that's not really. They're they're their own thing. They do their own thing. Yeah, you know, obviously you could say it's a metaverse play, so they can have other metaverse stocks. Well, not really. It's a Roblox thing, so it's yeah. tough. There's not a pure pure sympathy play for Roblox. No, that yeah, there really isn't. There really isn't. All right, I think now we've covered all the guidance this morning. That that all came totally out of the blue. Yeah, did, not, did. did not expect that. 
Um, let's check in my movers tool, see if I miss anything else. Uh, did did Live End give guidance today? Because they're down. No, that was just a downgrade. Uh, now I'm just assuming it's all guidance. Did uh, did, did EBR give guidance? Everything yeah. is guidance. <laughs> no, it's uh, guidance day here. Um, Wednesday, Wednesday. Did, did, did Leslie's give guidance? Because they're down. No, they they're they're doing an offering. That's why they're down. Yeah, they're down. Okay. On offering. Okay. <laughs> We're looking at every stock that's moving through our filters now and say, did that give guidance? That give guidance? Well, also what you got to keep in mind too is when they do these these lower guidances, how many times. Have you seen them hit the stock and then it muddles and then it just hangs out and then they come out with, you know, like the, like the numbers that they were and they slam the stock again, basically off the same news. And that, so, you know, I don't know when earnings are coming up for these companies, it's probably a little time away, but you know, how, you know, see these stocks get punished, they give lower guidance, then they come out and they like meet the lower guidance and they get punished again. So Companies giving you bad news. So if you're a fader, then then fade these moves. But you're getting direct information from the company of their expectations. So take it right. and use the information as you will. Uh, just as a PSA, obviously, if you don't know, the Fed today, FOMC meeting will end this afternoon. There will be an announcement and a press release as far as what they decided that will be released at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, uh, roughly a half hour later at 2.30, Jerome Powell will take the podium and he will address questions uh, directly from reporters. Uh, and so Look at that, roadblocks, what are we finding doing? sellers. Uh, Spencer, t- tell, her, tell her what's going on. Tell everyone what's going on at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, I, you're going to have to stay tuned to Benzinga all, all afternoon because at 1 o'clock, Joel will be joining us on Benzinga Live uh, with special guests Gene Munster and Todd Gordon. We're going nice. to have some fun. We're going to talk Apple. We're going to talk uh, – I saw Todd was talking Disney yesterday, but uh, we're going to have a lot of fun there. So that will lead us basically into the not, – not right into it, but more or less into the Fed decision at 2 o'clock. We will be live streaming the Fed uh, press conference at 2.30 uh, right here on this channel as well. So be aware of that. And so the market will be uh, reacting, A, at 2 o'clock, and B at two thirty to whatever the heck he says in the press conference, which which we maybe we'll stay. It depends on how long we go with uh, Gene and Todd, but uh, you know, if we're on for the actual Fed announcement, that might be that uh, so that, that, that might be something to broadcast. But uh, we're going to talk about um, is real estate tech dead? You know, uh, you know, sector rotation, and I guess the news today is coming that. Um, we're going to talk about the metaverse and we're going to talk about how much time Dennis is actually going to spend in the metaverse now that he has a new house. Um, is it going to consume our time and can we make money from it? Uh, of course, you got to talk about, we'll talk Apple and Tesla too. I mean, of course, with Gene on and then waiting to talk to Tor- Todd. So it should be some interesting information coming from two really uh, top-notch um, analysts and now money managers. They're money managers too. So a little bit uh, twist coming at one o'clock. Uh, Spoo's just bouncing around here. Uh, yeah. eight, we have nothing at eight thirty. Retail sales, we maybe. Could, uh, yeah, yeah, we did. We got November retail sales. Uh, yeah, I. I Obviously, moving at eight thirty. I got it. Let's go. Do we care about retail sales, honestly? Well, the market's moving, so they care a little bit, apparently. Really? All right, fine. The retail, sales, retail sales were up 0.3% versus a 0.8% estimate. There you go. So it's smidge light. Uh, you know why? Because they were pulled forward, people. Because they were pulled forward from October and September. That's why. Come on. Nothing to see here. Oh, look at this chop. Hey, we're rallying, no folks. Uh, they're, they're liking whatever they saw. Uh, pre-market high comes in at uh, 38 and a quarter. Still looking at the 15-minute chart. So let me just go to the one minute. Rarely go to the one minute, but there you go. You've just tacked it on. We were trading right at 46.29. They liked it. They pop it. Couldn't get quite to that pre-market high. Uh, but also looking at uh, the 15-minute here, I was just looking at that before the number. Boy, oh, boy. Zigging, and you got the accordion chart going on here, folks. And the trading range is, you know, 40, 46.22 is the bottom of it, and 46.22 to 46.36. 
If, it, if the pre-market trading is any indication, we're going to be a lot of chop and slop in that area until the big news at 2 o'clock. All right. I, I guess I didn't realize that that number was going to actually move things. I apologize, apologize for not realizing that because uh, we had retail sales. We had import prices. We had export prices. Those were both in more or less in line, though. Uh, exports came in a little bit higher than expected. But anyway, retail sales down are up. But not up as much as what the estimate was calling for. So good to know there. And yeah, the prior reading on the retail sales was up 1.7% year over year. So October's number blew it away. November's number was a little bit well, quieter. Again, because it's pulled forward. Nothing to see here, people. Okay, it is 8.32. We're going to have Gil Morales on in a couple of minutes. Let me make sure I got to all the things on my list. I'm pretty sure I did because it's a quieter morning. Like I said, there really was no, there really was no movers or no news at all until come, uh, you know, a couple of companies start dropping guidance on us. I do see some weakness today in the lithium space. You can look at LTHM. As, What's going as on your, with that? As, as your leader, well, they caught they caught a downgrade this morning. They're catching strays. They oh, down- they really. Oh. Yeah, they caught a downgrade. Oh, from, man. Caught a downgrade from Goldman Sachs, so it's actually moving not just lithium, uh, but it's moving kind of kind of the whole space here this morning. So that that's uh, that's catching strays. You know what this? You know what I mean? This moves. This just moves lockstep with Tesla. I don't know why I took. I I do own this one too. I think from like five six bucks and. Boy, oh boy, 32, 33 was looking good, but now, hmm. Goldman Sachs, I don't know. Let's see. They down, What day did they downgrade uh, Southwest Airlines to a sell? Ooh. Uh, I can look right now. Yeah, I, can, they, I think they did it on, was it Thursday? I don't they know. They did that. They got on the right side of this one. Uh, L- LUV, search by date, Goldman Sachs. It was the, this gap it, down. What it day? was it was the tenth. What day was that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know uh, days. Of the week. Yeah, they got it's it. Friday. Yeah, Friday. they got that one. It went from forty three sixty one to forty one ninety seven, and now you got a double bottom, a must hold level at forty bucks, forty oh five, and forty oh eight. So, I hope they're not as right on uh, LTHM as they were in the short term on Southwest Airlines. All right, you know what? Let's bring on Gil Morales now. We love Gil. Gil, any props to Gil for because it's it's three hours early where he is, so we appreciate him coming to, coming on early. But uh, uh, Gil always takes no prisoners, and, and I think Thad uh, Thatter pointed this out in the chat. Was Gil the person that coined the term Arc Lady? Gil, was that you? It was me, what actually. Me? It was you? I got a few other terms as well. Also are remember. you happy? Are, are you happy Wait. now, Gil? May the froth be with you. It obviously- We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He's not been with her so far this year, but, you know, genius is short-lived in the markets. Um, genius like hers during bubble markets. But uh, what were you asking me? Am I happy? Yeah. Are, are you happy now? I'm just happy in general. You know, I get to sit on my butt every day and trade the markets, you know, basically semi-retired at age 45. Thank you, stock market. And uh, just kicking back, writing websites, uh, writing about the market, doing what I love to do. And I'm a lucky guy. Lucky, lucky, lucky me. I'm a lucky son of a gun, right? I, you know, I, I, the reason I like you, because I feel like like you and I, I, I think maybe I'm wrong here, but I feel like like you loathe everybody and I identify with that. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, I yeah I'm with, with you. I, yeah. I mean, see, I wouldn't, I, I, like, I, well, first of all, uh, Gil uh, received the uh, first um, most co- cooperative guest of the year award. <laughs> <laughs> I sent an email to Gil asking him coming back, and then the email has to go all the way to California. Before, like, I turn my head and I look in the inbox, he says, sure. No matter what. And I know sure. he's getting up early. I really appreciate that, Gil. Uh, but, well, uh, I've been up for over an, for about an hour and a half at this point. So, I mean, I get up at 4 a.m. That's when my trading platforms allow me to start trading. And guess what? I start trading. <laughs> so, you know. All right. So help us put the, the Fed into perspective here. I mean, you've, you've, been well, through, you've been through this rodeo a few times here. Inflation, yeah. higher interest rates, head for the hills. Yeah, and I always think of that Emerson, Lake, and Palmer song, you know, welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. And that's basically what we're looking at. I mean, every day I get up and I wonder what, what new WTF are we going to see today? Because this market, you know, historically the market has climbed a wall of worry, but this market definitely climbs a wall of WTF. So there's always something new, you know, always something weird going on and always something to trade. And right now, basically, we're on, we're on the short side, have been on the short side for over a month. And, you know, despite this little Omicron or as some people point out, it's an anagram for moronic uh, virus, which to me looks like a big. Put up. <laughs> I hadn't heard that one. <laughs> yeah. What was that I, one? I actually used that about a week or so ago. And then yesterday I saw Stephen Forbes on uh CNBC or Fox or something using it, so maybe he subscribes to my report. I don't know. I heard that. that that Omicron is an anagram for moronic. Yeah, and it is kind of moronic because we knew, you know, when the news came out on Thanksgiving evening, uh, the the doctors in South Africa who were treating cases said that the symptoms were mild. You know, they, they and nobody talks about the IFR, the infection fatality rate, or the hospitalization rate, which is pretty much zero. But man, the media is playing this one up. And it struck me as an alibi. So back when I worked for Bill O'Neill, he used to talk about something called alibi selling. And as you know, institutions, they can't sell in one day. Okay, their selling takes a process of many days, many weeks. And so he said they'll use this thing that he called alibi selling. So it is his term. And basically, they'll take a news event like this moronic virus variant, okay? And it's really nothing, but they go and hammer the market. It's a thin day on Friday and and knock it down. And then what happens is that original news over the next few days begins to mitigate. In other words, they find out, oh, it's not as bad as it it originally seemed. And of course, it didn't seem that bad when I first saw the news. So the whole sell-off looks suspicious to me because stocks had already been selling off for a good three weeks before that, you know? And you can look at Arc Lady's... uh, Fun, for example. Can you guys throw up my screen? You can. You can. How do I do that? Let's see. That that share button in the middle and click on the screen you want to share. Oh, right here on the bottom. Right there. Yeah. Share screen. Okay, here we go. Okay. Share the right one. And don't show us your account number or do. Oh, I'm on a clean uh, laptop, so I use this one for presentations, so I don't have anything incriminating on here. Okay, so. Let's see. I think we're we're here now. So now you can see my screen. No, no, no. You got to click like you have to like click it oh, twice. You have to, like select the screen you want to share. Click like click OK or whatever it says. Yeah. Share. There okay, you go. There all right. Go. There we go. Now you can see you guys are all on there. All your beautiful faces. Yeah, can, you, can you get us all? Can, yeah, we go. Now we're talking. OK, here we go. OK, so here's Arc Ladies Fund. OK, and I like to joke about this one because, you know, this is essentially here's a weekly chart. I want to pull up here. I think this is right. Yeah, I mean, okay, she gets this, okay? So she's a genius, right? And mm-hmm. she coins terms like uh, uh, disruptors. You know, we buy disruptor stocks. Like, that's something new. That's what they were calling dot-coms back in 2000. And, of course, where did her genius go from there? Well, we can see as I scroll to the right on this chart, there's really no genius there. She just got lucky. And, you know, I- I'm not going to pretend that the same thing doesn't happen to me because in 99, 2000, I was up 1,008% in my own account and up over 520% in the account that I ran for Bill O'Neill. But was that entirely me? You know, does a surfer create the wave? No, you just get a big wave, you ride it, okay? And then if you're dumb enough to think that the wave's going to go on forever, you're going to crash on the rocks, and that's what's happening to her right now. So to me, this is one symptom of a bubble market. And again, bubble markets can go on a lot longer than people think. So this, to me, is a fascinating example. It reminds me of all the hotshot money managers, and I'm going to include myself in that who thought they were geniuses in 99, 2000. And then you quickly find out 
that no, you were just riding a huge wave and you were too dumb to get off. Of course, we, over at O'Neill, we were all smart enough to sell into the climax top in March, and and so we got out. And today, but my question to you is, how did you know that was the top in March of two thousand? Yeah, because there were there were textbook climax tops. You know, where stock is up eight out of nine days in a row, 10 days in a row, 10 out of 11 days in a row. It's already had a big move because a lot of these stocks by March 2000 were up several hundred percent, right? They're going parabolic and you have the biggest one day price move in that, you know, seven, eight, nine, 10 day run and you sell into that. So it's basically, you know, something Bill O'Neill had taught us in terms of identifying climax tops and every one of the internal portfolio portfolio managers at that time sold into it. So we all saw it. We all sold, sold into it. So, you know, it's recognizing when the froth just gets a little bit too heavy and, again, making sure that the froth is with you. So and that means on the downside as well as the upside. And so that's how we got out. Now, this market's a little more difficult because what you see is a rotational breakdown sort of going on. So, for example, let me show you. These are some of the stocks we've been shorting uh, off the peak recently. You have Cloudflare. Now, this has one, been one of um, – this is actually a weekly chart. Here's the daily – uh, this has been one of ARC uh, Asset's big holdings. And, of course, they're genius as well. It's going up. And notice how it takes the escalator up, and then it takes the elevator down, roughly, or just tumbling down the hill. But that was a short when it busted the 20-day line, and that would have been right here. This is your first uh, your sign, first sign that it may be in trouble. Then you get the stalling day at the 10-day line. So I'm running a magenta 10, a green 20-day exponential, blue 50-day simple, and 200-day uh, simple over here on, down at the bottom in red. And so that's your short entry point, okay? Uh, and that that's just coming down. They're clobbering these things. And, and my theory has been that the higher PE, the higher PE expansion stocks, and that would mostly be the clouds selling at infinite PEs and, you know, 100 PEs, 200 PEs, whatever, uh, would come down the fastest once things started to roll. And in fact, that's what you've seen. So this was my initial target group. And you can see something like CrowdStrike. Okay, this is a big leader. But you get this double top breakout, okay, here where you double top. You're basically forming a double top. Some would call it a cup. And if it forms a handle, then maybe it's a cup. But this turns into a double top that breaks down. It bounces off the 50-day line here, rallies back up to the prior high. So it forms another double top. So this is what I call a mini double top. And it reverses right at the peak. Then it busts a 20-day line here. Okay, once it does that, now I'm watching it to see if it comes into the 10 and 20, and it does right there. Now it's a short, and then boom, they just clobber right. that thing. Okay, so, so so my question for you, Gil, now is obviously it's easy to pick on Kathy now. Obviously, she, Well, I'm not picking on her. I'm just, you know, she was she was a genius in 2020. Her problem is she didn't realize that she was – It was a lot of it was luck, okay? And okay, that's but, really but, but my question is we talk about, you know, selling at the, at the top. What about identifying a bottom, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can I can identify bottoms when they show up. I, I look for undercut and rally setups in stocks. I'll give you an example. And and a lot of times, you know, in, in a market like we've had that's been very much a whipsaw type of market and buy the dip has ruled, right? I look for undercut and rally moves in leading names. So recently, after the moronic uh, variant breakdown, you had Facebook, well, meta platforms now, okay, which to me is just a lame attempt at trying to capitalize on something that's trendy all of a sudden the metaverse, but you see an undercut and rally move here. But what does that do? It takes you up into the 200 and the 50 day moving averages. And that may just turn into a short there. But that's what I look for in terms of bottoms. I'm also looking for undercut and rally moves in the indexes. So let's look at the cues. If, if you're watching this uh, last week, you actually hit the 50 day line. Uh, that would have been what? What's today? Wednesday. So that would have been last Tuesday. So you bounced, you hit it on, on Monday and you bounced off of it on uh, Tuesday. And by that time, you know, the, everybody's suddenly bearish. Everybody wants to get short. I'll start getting a bunch of emails from people. What do you think of this as a short? What do you think of that as a short? Well, yeah, it was a short a month ago, but you know, if I'm already, if I've already been short two or three weeks and I'm making pretty good money, what I, what, what I like to refer to as the piggy indicator, uh, that's telling me we may be reaching a short-term low. Now, I don't know if it's an absolute, you know, long-term low, but I think, uh, you know, we haven't had a bear market yet, and we'll see how that all plays out. But, you know, a bear market is a different thing altogether. But finding these intermediate term or short term lows when the market busts really quickly and then bounces, it's really not that hard because you can see here on the queues and, and the queues are really the area to focus on in terms of getting a clue as to where this market is headed, because 70 percent, over 70 percent of the S&P uh, 500's performance in 2021 comes from four stocks, uh, Apple, Microsoft, Google, and uh, NVIDIA. 
And so once those stocks start rolling over, that's going to bring everything else down more. And now we're starting to see that happen. It did hold the 50-day line yesterday, so we'll see how things play out today. Uh, now that we're going to have the Fed uh, announcing, my guess is they're going to report or announce a, uh, shall we say, an accelerated taper. Now, if they actually raise rates, I'm, I'm thinking maybe the market could rally because then the market. They're not going to raise rates today, Gil. Not, no, but if they did, the market might perceive that as them getting aggressive on infl- inflation. Because to me, not it's, it's not uh, the moronic virus, okay? It's, it's inflation, it's the Fed. So if the Fed is still on an inflection point where it's starting to tighten and reverse its loose monetary policy, uh, then I think uh, they have to address inflation. I mean, the question is, does, does Powell want to be the guy who killed the bull market or does he want to be the guy who triggered 1970s style inflation? And I don't know if you guys were around or old enough to remember that, but I remember it. And I can remember my mom going to the store and coming home crying because the stuff that she was buying you know, to feed us was going up 20, 30 percent a day or a week when she'd go, you know, and, and uh, the amount of groceries she could bring, bring home for the same amount of money consistently became less and less. And I noticed we started eating a lot more PB&J at that time. Huh. So, you know, do you want to be the guy who triggers uh, rampant inflation or doesn't do anything about it? Because we've got, you know, the PPI, at least the finished goods number, I think it is. Uh, Going back to 1982, it's the highest it's been since 1982. And what was going on in 1982? Do you guys remember that? Anybody? I wasn't around for that, Gil. Sorry. Okay. Well, uh, Paul Volcker, you know, and I'm thinking Powell's going to go Volcker on us. That's one possibility. Assume nothing. And uh, back then, interest rates went over 20%. The Fed funds rate went over 20 And you could open up a money market account and make 20% returns. So it's pretty easy. And uh, today, where are interest rates? 0%. What's wrong with this picture? So in my view, the Fed is at least four interest rate hikes behind the curve. And we'll see if they just sit there. If they do, the market may not like that. Uh, if they do something, then it's possible you might get some sort of inflection. Maybe you get a, a dead Santa bounce going into the end of the year. But, you know, it's just it's just a really goofy, goofy time. So you're you're uh, you're ruling out a soft landing here. Yeah, basically. Uh, well, Joel, when has the Fed pulled off a soft landing? Never. So, you know, they're going to do it now because they're such geniuses. I mean, look what they've done. They've gone crazy. They've taken things to an extreme and and they're sitting at the abyss, at the edge of the abyss. And can they do they jump in? Do they pull back? What do they do? They, you know, they're I think they were either forced. And I, I, at one point they, uh, you know, they did have the easy monetary policy. But I think that their, their hand was forced a little bit, you know, well, at one pa- point. It's been going on for 11 years. So, you know, well, yeah, that that was an excuse because they had to print more money. Well, and they might have been it, raising now anyways. They might. I mean, just uh, on the economic cycle. I mean, it's yeah. possible, but I, I'm guessing probably not, because I think what they are mostly in cahoots with are, are the banks and their member banks that they take care of. And all that money has flooded into the system. And now there's so much of it that. uh you know, I was talking to the guy who invented the money market fund. The uh, uh, what's the what's the uh, the first money market fund? I'm trying to remember. It came out in the '70s, but he's telling me there. You know, people are trying to dump money into the fund. He can't find any short-term paper right. to buy. Okay, because and it, with the demand for short-term paper, you're going to push the rates negative. And if that happens, then his fund could bust the bu- the buck again, like it did back during the financial crisis in 2008, 2009. Uh, so, you know, they just flooded the system and okay. I also, you know, people say, well, unless money velocity increases, you know, you're not going to see inflation. Well, you know, think about where you might be wrong here. Maybe people should consider that with the fed having printed $7 trillion over the past year and a half, maybe what that does is it's, it suppresses and uh, distorts money velocity. So in other words, if you flood the system with a bunch of money that doesn't get spent right away, then yeah, you're going to, you're going to push, uh, you're going to push M2 down, M2 velocity or M1 velocity down. So, you know, there are a lot of dynamics here that I think make it a very difficult market to navigate. And so, you know, if I start thinking about it too much, you know, I want to start having a couple three martinis. But <laughs> otherwise, it's either that or just look at my charts. My charts tell me everything. Well, so, what about 2022? I mean, you're kind of making me feel like, you know. Well, why uh, do I need to care about 2022? Head for I'll the hill. It gets here. Well, but, but Joel, you make the mistake that you have to know what's going to happen in the future. I don't need to know what's going to happen in the future. I only need to know what's happening right now. And unless you're not paying attention, you know, and you're sitting there fiddling with your – 
silly little uh, support levels and resistance levels on your charts, you're not seeing what's happening. And what's happened is that they busted a lot of areas of this market pretty good. And, uh, you know, I'll just go through some stuff here and show you guys if you want me to on my chart. Can we go back to that Q's chart? Because, I mean, we get an overall feel and the Q's have not really been hit here yet. Like, I mean, if you're nervous about this market, yeah. But that's, that's because, because of Apple. That's because a of Microsoft. small handful of stocks. Yeah, I mean, over fifty percent of the weighting in the queues comes from what? Uh, Apple, stocks, Amazon, Microsoft, uh, Facebook, yeah. or now Metaverse, whatever. Uh, uh, Google, and uh, you throw in Nvidia, you throw in Netflix. You know, Netflix doesn't look so good right now. But but that's why that's being propped up, and that's where the money is going. And if you look at the advanced decline line on the Nasdaq Composite, it's been making lower lows. And this last rally, you had a little blip up off the bottom, but it's really going nowhere. So it's telling you what's driving the upside is movement into a small group of stocks. And that just continues. And that's a warning sign. In the meantime, you know, are you going to tell me that being bearish on the market is wrong? You know, if I can be short something like this, you know, are you telling me I'm wrong? No, I'm telling you, you probably have your head, you know, in up your rear portal and you're not paying attention, you know. And and so, you know, and then these these lithium stocks, you know, these were short so over a week ago. So look at something like Lithium America. Is that getting tagged today? Yeah. Which one's getting tagged that got downgraded? Oh, yeah. I mean, again, yeah. again, look at the look at the steady uptrend. OK, then it starts to get choppy as we we push for the highs and you get this big volume day here. And I think that might have been associated with something Biden said about making everyone drive electric vehicles, which you know is really smart, uh, with no consideration for how that affects demand on the uh, electric grid. But that's another issue. But again, you bust a 20-day line here, you undercut this low, so you get a quick rally. Okay, so if, if for some reason I'm able to get short here, that's a cover point. Okay, so when it's when I cover it now, it rallies into the 10-day, and then you notice that. Uh, Forgive me if I start tripping over myself, but I start getting really excited when I look at charts. My wife says I'm a chart porn addict, uh, <laughs> but in any case, you, know, you see the stalling up here around the 10-day line. Then when it busts again, it's a short, and that just happened a couple of days ago. Now the news comes out, and everybody, oh, you know, they're they're coming after them. Well, these already topped. The other thing is, over the weekend, the Wall Street Journal had a big article about the lithium shortage. Mm-hmm. You know, and that and that yeah, goes yeah. hand in hand with what other shortages well the coal shortage and of course that's topped out you know the oil shortage and that's topping out uh we had the aluminum shortage which was back in february they made a there was a lot of press about that and that's actually uh when alcoa topped once but now it's trying to hang in here it's being added to the mid cap s p mid cap 400 index so you've got this move up into these uh prior highs so that may turn out to be you know double top or quadruple top resistance we'll see how this plays out but you know a lot of these shortages think of some other shortages. oh yeah the uranium shortage what happened to right. that gil before we let you go there's a few people asking for your thoughts on crypto what is your opinion on, on bitcoin well if you follow me on twitter i called bitcoin a short right near the highs when it broke when it started to break down below the 10 day and the 20 day off a double top formation so we can look at this this kind of gives you some representation um i trade cryptos okay and i i'll trade them when they go up long i'll trade them short when they go down the only place you can short them though is the futures but we look at this here you have one peak here gbtc you get a double top breakout and it fails so i look at double top uh breakouts and double top type moves as potentially shortable if they reverse back below the prior high. So once it reverses back below this high here, okay, it's a short. So I go on my Twitter page, I say, this is a double top short. Once it busts the 20 day line here, now it's really a short, okay? And you're hitting it again. You get one little rally. Again, you undercut this low, you bounce up, you run into the 20 day line, and then you blow to the downside. I think, you know, this has gone lower. This has been a great short, you know? And on Twitter, you get these idiots who will say, oh, well, if you're you're selling, I'm buying. Like they want to make everything personal, you know? It's yeah. this sort of machismo thing going on, which tells you, and it's always men, okay? You never hear women doing that because they don't have their heads up the rear portal like men do sometimes with their big <laughs> egos. Um, you know, present company accepted, of course, but... Uh, no, no, I'll throw myself in that group. Uh, everyone is asking where, where to find Gil on Twitter. His handle is on the screen. It's at Gilmo Report. I love Gil on Twitter because Gil follows Zero. nobody. <laughs> Gil follows, he follows himself. He follows <laughs> follow yourself, actually. I mean, doesn't big ego. But, but let me just say quickly on on the on the crypto. Crypto to me yeah. is is a symptom of the speculative bubble that we've seen over the last year and a half. Go look at a chart of Bitcoin going back to last March, 
And you'll see it's just a big speculative bubble. A lot it's of retail money piling correlated in. with risk assets. I mean, yeah, we, exactly. They, they try to say that it's it's alternative assets. There's no correlation here whatsoever. But in the last two, three right. years, that's not true. No, like Nassim Taleb said last weekend, he had a great tweet that I saw. And he said, Bitcoin is not a hedge for inflation. That's true, because look at that move as inflation is going higher. Bitcoin is not a hedge for adversity, because look where it is now. And uh, Bitcoin is not a store of value, because something that drops 30% in a couple of weeks is not a store of value. And Bitcoin is not a currency. Bitcoin is nothing. And and I think that people may find out that to be the case. And with over 14,000 cryptocurrencies out there, you can't tell me that this stuff has intrinsic or endemic value somewhere. It's all garbage. As Warren Buffett said, they're turds. I mean, he's right and he's wrong because when they're going up, they're great turds to own. But when they're going down, they're definitely turds to short. So, you know, I just watch the charts and the charts right now tell me that crypto is in danger. It correlates to the risk assets like Dennis pointed out. And I think that uh, it's going to be trouble. I think a lot of people are going to lose a lot of money in this space. All right. Uh, the links to find Gil's Twitter are in the description. They're all also the link to his website is there at virtueofselfishinvesting.com. I love that. Virtue uh, and Gil Morales always elicits, elicits a strong reaction when he's on. Some people love him. Some people hate him. Gil, I have a feeling. I don't really care. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't care if you love me. I don't think anybody hate hates him. I don't think If my positions love me. That's all I care about. And my wife and my kids. After that, the rest of you can go screw yourselves. I, I knew Anyways. it. Gil, Gil, <laughs> no, Gil hates everyone. And I, 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 I identify with that, Gil. But if you love me, I love you. So that's the <laughs> way it works. We love everyone. Gil, world. always great stuff. Love Nobody makes the world go around. Down better than Gil. All right. Gil, all right. Take care. All right. all right. Peace out. Happy holidays, Gil. Happy to get Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We, we got to start saying that to our guests, guys. Because I, I mean, yeah, we should. I mean, Gil... Uh, Gil just breaks the technicals down so well. He kind of makes me want to sell everything right now. I've been nervous for a while. Now I'm really nervous. <laughs> no, can I? Can I look? The argument that the market's only up because of because of the five stocks is a is a is a good argument. That's the that's the easy argument to make. And then you say, oh, well, the second they start going down, we're all doomed. Allow me to make the counter argument, which is, what if the other side is. We already had the correction. We've talked about that that all year, right? Every so I like where you're going. We, we already had the correction. Yeah. Okay, growth is destroyed this year, right? Yeah. So what if growth, Kathy, um, uh, anyone that's down, casinos, anyone that's down, you know, by half this year, what if they start coming back, and then the mega caps, you know, for your fang names. They can go sideways. They can yep. even go down a little bit. But the yeah. more, the more the other stuff comes up, the more it's going to increase its weighting in the indexes, right? Yeah. And so, uh, what if, what if we already had the correction, we just didn't see it because of the same five stocks that, that are that are that that dominate the index, and and if we do get a rebound in the hundred and fifty other beaten down growth names that that everyone owned last year, then then the market can keep on going higher. Yeah. Right. That, like, like, what about that side? Well, we've been talking about that. I mean, we've been talking about like I I know Joel looks at the spy, but I've looked at IWM and I've been saying we've in the correction. We've had the correction. Right. I mean, like people are talking about shorting stocks now. And to your point, Spencer, this is exactly what we saw yesterday. And I actually wanted to talk about this. So it's like you're reading my notes here somehow. But we saw Kathy Wood, ARKK yesterday, actually not have a bad day. I mean, if you look, yeah, it was down a buck. But, I mean, really, it kind of held up well, considering that the S&P was rolling over. So, you exactly, AMC and GME had really good days yesterday. Yeah. So, you actually saw that exact rotation that you're talking about. They were coming into some of the beaten down names, and they were selling Apple and, and the Googles and the Microsofts and the Teslas to do it. So, it's really interesting that, you know, that actually happened yesterday, what you're talking about. And that could absolutely happen, too. I mean, we still have the Tina trade, so we still have concerns where I don't know where money goes. This is why I don't sell everything, so I don't know where I'm going to put it. So, I mean, I, I think this is a, a this is a very like Gil also said too, a very difficult market to call out more than like what's happening right now, and that's why Gil jumps into individual stocks. He's picking on individual stocks, but I think you know anybody that's market gurus that are saying, well, this is what's going to happen in 2022. It's all just throwing stuff at the wall and hoping it sticks. How about I mean, Best Buy no, Nobody yesterday. knows. How about Best Buy yesterday? You know? 
in a it, in, yeah. Well, there you a, go. It was event. a beaten down name that held up well. Put in a double bump. The retailers had a really good day yesterday. Macy's has been going down every single day. We mentioned I mean, that Macy's, one too. Since since it had the big gap up, it's been going down every single day. Finally, yesterday had at least an up day, a green candle. So that's something. So I mean, you're exactly right, Spencer. I mean, yesterday was the selling of the stuff that hadn't gone down and the buying of the stuff that has got the crap kicked out of it. Right. So, you know, so maybe we do continue to just rotate and maybe the market doesn't, you know, have an epic crash here coming. It's really hard to say. But again, if those stocks start to show weakness like the apples, and I mean, all this money hiding in Procter & Gamble, all this, the one thing I will say is if you're hiding in consumer staples and you're sitting here and you're buying your Clorox now, I mean, these, these are companies that are getting their margins squeezed. I mean, these are companies that could have issues with inflation. This is not the place to hide, folks. I would not be hiding in consumer staples. I would not be hiding in even the utility stocks here because, one, those yields are not great when we're in an inflationary environment. Two, is some of their margins are actually getting squeezed. So I think you're just trading stocks. I think you're buying some stocks and selling some stocks. But I absolutely would not be buying consumer staples up here at the highs, hiding and saying, well, I don't know where to go. I'm going to buy consumer staples. I think this market is very wrong to be giving a premium to Procter & Gamble here right now. All right, I'm going to hop off. Uh, I'm going to cover some home builders with, with Jay McCandless uh, over on Pre-Market Prep Plus. And uh, Spencer, I'll speak to you in a little bit. Go get right. a triple. Yeah, I, I just think it's an interesting argument. Uh, you know, don't necessarily assume. Yes, if the FANG stocks all go down 20%, yes, the overall market will go down. Well, SPY is going to go down, but IWM isn't. Not, so right. we have two markets. Right. You're, you're so right, Spencer, on all this conversation. It's such a great conversation. So I want to stay on with you for the next couple minutes. Sure. But I mean, it's such a good conversation because if you're invested in SPY and you're invested in Qs, you're invested in mega cap because it's so big. I mean, I have lots of SPY, lots of Qs. I'm heavily invested in mega cap. It's why my long-term portfolio, when I looked at it a week ago, hit an all-time high. I mean, you know, here we are a market that's, you know, yesterday was not a good day for my long-term portfolio because it was a little bit of value getting hit, but mainly because I own Apple, I own Microsoft, I own Google. I own all these mega cap stocks that have just grown exponentially, you know, at Amazon, you know, and the queues. So, you know, yesterday was a day I actually get hit a little bit. So, you know, it's funny. I'm invested in SPY, but part of me thinks maybe I should be rotating out of a little bit of that mega cap stuff and buying a little bit of, you know, the, the, the you know, the smaller caps. And I actually, in my long-term account, I did just that yesterday. I actually bought some IWM. It's a Canadian equivalent ETF that tracks the IWM. Uh, But I actually went out and actually put in a little bit of IWM yesterday because you know what? It's had the living crap kicked out of it. 244 down to 214 in a month. That's a pretty good pullback. We're down 15% here. They're talking about the Mercus at all-time highs. I think it's time to, you know, if you're all mega caps and your portfolio has just been doing really well, maybe it's time to get a little bit of small caps back in there. Maybe it's time to get a little bit of retail back in there. Maybe it's time to get a little bit of growth, but the growth is still kind of expensive, which is why I'm still not picking on those names, although I did say I like Unity. So I think you've got to do some portfolio adjusting here because you know what? What 2022 is going to bring is definitely uncertainty, and I don't think anybody knows the answers to that. So I don't want to be all my eggs in one basket where I'm all just mega caps. I think oh, you know a little more diversification is going to help. That's what. That's all this is. That's all the uh, the the run up in, in Ark Invest. Uh, that's all it is. It's an argument for diversification because if you're diversified, then you're not down twelve percent like the ARKW is this year, right? Because Ark Ark is concentrated. She they are transparent. They only own growth tech. They right? only own growth. They're all in on growth tech. If you only own growth tech too, well, you got hit this year. You're, you're only to, growth tech. You got hit. You're having to you bet. got hit in the last eight months pretty hard. You're having to and up. you've got to analyze your portfolio and yeah. maybe do some adjusting. But I don't think the adjusting time now is to go buy the mega caps and to go buy the consumer staples now. I really truly believe you're so late to the party if you're jumping in consumer staples at this point in time. All right. All right. We got to hop because we got to. I, I think that's the screaming short, to be honest. I mean, it's hard to short these stocks when they're going straight up. But if I owned all these stocks, I'd sell them all right my, my, now. And I did. I sold my utilities. I had some long-term utilities. I was selling those to buy some banks because I'm, I'm just logically thinking I'm going to a rising interest rate environment. Right. So if you're going to a rising interest rate environment, I don't want to own utility stocks in that environment. 
I don't want to be in, in, a, in an environment where I'm getting a 3% or 4% dividend. And then all of a sudden, you know, you've got inflation kicking at 7 8% here. I'm losing on that trade because those things won't keep up. Right. So yeah. it, it, it's tricky. Stay diversified because nobody knows the answer to any of these questions. And, and, and my point was if growth, and I'm using ARC as a proxy, can get d- destroyed, you know, 20% and the overall indexes don't go down, then who's to say the opposite can't happen? Where growth rips higher twenty percent and the indexes it really hit, could right so th- that that was my point okay we got to hop because we got live trading starting right now so Dennis have a great rest of your day I'll catch you later uh, everyone please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice we're gonna go live on live trading right now with Ryan Zunaid Mitch I'll hop in there for a few this video will end a redirect. To that, hit that like button, please, and thank you. Thanks to our guest, Gil Morales. Thanks to all of you in the chat. As always, we love you. Uh, we do love you. E- even even if Gil says otherwise, we do. And even if I say otherwise, we do love you. So catch you guys over on live trading. Have a good one. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now, and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today.